It's about that time for some nosebleed seats, the show everyone can afford to listen to. Zach Wolchuk alongside Eric Chiafalo. We've missed you. It's been a while. We were off uh, observing the Jewish Day of Atonement, the Yom Kippur. I know that everybody out there fasted for 24 hours. It was magical. It was cleansing. We asked for forgiveness, and we were forgiven. Now, everybody's excited about that. And then, yeah, to admit it, pull back the curtains a little bit, Eric. We had a little bit of uh, technical issues in the studio we're utilizing. Some stuff changed. We wanted to get in here and record. We hit a bit of a snafu, but we're back. It's a Thursday. It's a thirsty Thursday. Whatever you're doing, partying it up. Next week of the NFL calendar is about to commence, but I don't know about you. I'd like to go back and do a little bit of Cowboys conversation, Eric, to kind of recap what has been going on with the Dallas Cowboys after a very, very frustrating disappointing loss in Seattle. Yeah, man, I think that, it, you know, it's it's really up to you, you know, and I feel like you're probably at a place right now where you need to maybe get some things off your chest. You're, you're back in a safe space for the first time in a while. Yeah. And you look great, Thank by you. the way. Thank I you mean, you much. fasted for 24 hours. It looks yeah. like you've been fasting for, for weeks now. I have been. The Cowboys have made me not want to eat. I mean, I've completely lost my appetite. So I've are you done, done with the barbecue slathering during Nothing. the game? You you're not I'm dripping barbecue during the game no going, more? I'm going completely dry. All no, I'm doing is sucking on some ice cubes. No ranch on the, uh, on nope. the, on the nipples? I don't even buy honey mustard anymore. Good God, these Nothing. Cowboys got you just upside down. I'm fully bro. clothed, which is rare. Yeah, and off-putting, you I'm know, sorry. to be completely honest I'm with you. I'm sorry. Like, I'm happy to see you. You look great, but you are just way too clothed. I've got pants and a shirt on and, of course, socks. You can't be comfortable. I am not. You don't honest. look comfortable. I feel stuffy. You don't look yourself. I don't know what to tell you, but this is me for right now, and I'm hoping things change in a hurry. Well, Hopefully this is the week your boys get off the schneid. Yeah, I hope it is. Uh, big home game against the Lions, but I, it's massive. Just, Fat Patricia's coming to town. Fat Patricia's coming in. It's like, dude, you listen to sports talk media here in the DF Dub, and I'm it's, not going to name any names though. It's like the sky is freaking falling, man. It's like the Dallas Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL. I mean, it went from after Carolina. Oh my gosh, what is this? this we might be on to something Super Bowl. To NFC East champs. Yeah, the win over the Giants. Yeah, absolutely. And now it's Philly who? It, it's back to, oh, goodness gracious, Dak Prescott's the next Tim Tebow. This team's garbage. Where's the number one pick coming? And I think that it's somewhere in the middle. Uh, I think that right now this certainly is not a playoff team. When you look at how stacked the NFC is, I'm just being honest and realistic here. When you look at how good the conference is and really how good the NFC East is, because the Redskins don't look as bad as I thought they were going to look. The Giants are competitive, and the Eagles still are the defending world champions, and you have to respect them. So while I still think this team is capable of being 8-10 to 10 wins, they're probably right there in the middle of the pack as an 8-8 eight and eight average football team. The defense has played well enough for this team to have won their first three games of the year. They've just been wildly inconsistent on offense. The play calling's been atrocious. Dak certainly has not performed well. Zeke, in my opinion, hasn't performed well. And this offensive line is not elite. In fact, this offensive line might be the most overrated unit in football. And that's a huge problem. Tyron Smith is clearly regressing, which we've talked about on this show. Nobody else wanted to even fathom was a possibility. But we've mentioned it. Backs aren't getting better. And Tyron looks a, a tick slower. 
Connor Williams looks like a bleeping long snapper out there. The dude is way too skinny. Now that's going to change. I think Connor Williams will be a solid NFL player, but right now he's struggling. Joe Looney's not Travis Frederick, but by golly, he's playing his hard out. I'm not going to rip apart Joe. Zach Martin is consistent. Zach's everything. Zach Martin's the best player on the team. Sorry, Zeke. Zach Martin's the best player on the team. And Lyle Collins is no Doug Free. I mean, my gosh, the Cowboys' bread and butter was the stretch run to the right when they were successful in 14 and 16. Now, all of a sudden, they can't run that play because LC is just not good at getting the, the offensive line and the defensive line flowing to the right, and there's a beautiful cutback lane for the running back. He's getting jammed up. Defenses are keying on that. They're busting that play up. It doesn't work anymore. This offensive line ain't what it was. They've clearly regressed. It's causing Dak to underperform, and let's be real, we weren't sure how good these receivers would be. They don't look very good. Michael Gallup, I was hoping, would be awesome. I'm still a Gallup fan. He struggled. He's dropping balls. This team has no tight end. Bless Jeff Swaim. He's doing everything he can, but he's not that good. He's a third tight end on every other team. The Cowboys have a bunch of three to five receivers. Wide receiver three to wide receiver five as their ones and twos. It's not a good look. They are not very talented anymore on the offensive side of the ball, yet we want to put all the blame on Dak Prescott's shoulders, and he's not getting any help from his supporting cast, and he's getting even less help from his play calling. The play calling's piss poor. It's so, so predictable. I just can't fathom why you're not putting your players in more of a position to succeed. I don't know how you feel about your quarterback running the football. The Dolphins, as a Dolphins fan, Ryan Tannehill is a converted wide receiver. I think he's slowly starting to run more and more now as he's feeling more confident with that knee, and I think it's a great thing. I think it just helps open everything up because now teams have to account for that, right? And the Dolphins have some playmakers on the outside. Albert Wilson's been a hell of an an addition. They've got some guys that can stretch the field. Cowboys, other than maybe Tavon Austin, haven't proven to have a single soul that puts any kind of threat into the defense to take any kind of help off the top. Nothing. So teams are loading and stacking the box. Run the bleep and read option. Just run it. Do what Dak did in Miss- at Mississippi State and it worked well. Do what he did in 2016 the first eight games when you're thinking, man, we got a fourth-round quarterback. We don't know how good this guy is. Romo's out. We've got to keep things afloat. Let's go ahead and build the game plan around what he does well. So they had a bunch of RPOs. They ran a bunch of read options. They ran about a bunch of no-huddle shotgun. Because Dak was comfortable with that. And that's happening no more. No more. They ran they ran no huddle at the end of the game against Seattle, and guess what happened? They had their points. Their their best offensive drive of the game. Nice. What? Well, because I well, I haven't been able to watch the games. And so now you have, so you have a much better perspective on them as a whole, at least in terms of the last three games, than what I do. And um it sounds like you're defending Dak more than Shall I say the public? Yes, you know, and, and it's it's interesting because coming into this season, mm-hmm. after Dax Dong, I thought he was composed to come into this season and have a huge year. You know, strictly I did too. strictly on the Dong alone, absolutely, and and clearly, he's not. He's not. But you're defending him. I'm defending him now. Look, does Dak need to play better? Absolutely. I'm not trying to say that no blame should be on Dak. Do you think the Dong's hurting him? If anything. I think the dong's weighing him down. Maybe it's shortening the accuracy a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what the issue is with the dong, but 
but he's not running as much. I mean, that could, that's you. a clear side effect of the dong for me. For me, he ran his little ball off against the Giants, and that's the game they won. And they won, and that's the most successful offensive game they've had. They, they went deep to Tavon mm-hmm. once, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, third then, play of the game. And and now, but in that game, was Dak? Was it called? Was it read option runs, or was it just Dak scramble runs? It was read option runs. Okay, so they were calling it. So then they yes. just totally got away from it against Seattle. They refused to okay, call that's it. That's interesting. So that leads me to believe one: either Linehan and them uh, in company are are dumb, or two: there was something that Seattle does to just totally nullify that. And I don't know. I didn't watch the game, but I don't know if there's schematically something that Seattle does to just totally they know the way to stop it. But I don't know. Bobby Wagner is a freak of freaking nature, and I think that that defense. Got a huge boost with him back in the lineup. And he seemed like he was spying quite a bit. He was a guy that was blowing up a lot of plays. So maybe they were worried about that, and they didn't want to call it. I'm going to lean towards more of they're just dumb, and maybe they're fearful of Dak getting hurt. That, that's a that's a genuine fear because you saw exactly what, what happened to Carson Wentz last year. On a scramble run, he's diving, and boom, ACL. I mean, it, it literally takes no time at all. Jimmy G., we thought he was due for. We thought he was poised for a huge year after his his night out with with old old gal, and uh, that obviously backfired pretty hard on Jimmy as well. But that 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 is a concern. But it's also you can't you can't be scared of it. You can't be out here running just constantly. You can't run your quarterback into the ground. I get that. But to to have zero read option plays in the game on Sunday and. I don't know how many rushes in general Dak had if he scrambled one. much at all. He had one rush. He had okay. one scramble. So him that I can only remember have one for rush, a first down, by the way, too. It was an 11 yard run. There's, there's, there's extremes here, you know, and that's one extreme is, hey, Dak, go run the ball 15 to 20 times like you did in college. No, that's a little insane. But the other extreme is saying, we're so scared Dak's going to get hurt. We only want him scrambling when he feels hopefully one or two times a game. That is extreme on the other side. He needs to be having somewhere between. Seven to eight carries a game. Some called, some you know going. I wouldn't. I wouldn't run my quarterback more than ten times a game, though. That's just asking for trouble. I agree with that. I mean, that. it really is. But, but I think ten. Ten's a good number. I think 10, I'll take that. Ten's the ceiling for me. I think seven or eight touches for your quarterback Perfect. running. Some of those can be scrambles. Some of those can be called runs. Great, you know. When the time's right for it. But that's certainly something to keep a defense honest. There's nothing worse. I mean, just having a a quarterback that can scramble in general is so difficult. You know, like when you think about defenses and what you have to account for, you have to account for so many things as a defense. That is one added thing that defense has to to worry about. And for a Cowboys offense right now that is in need of playmakers and skill positions and something to take the, the eyes off Zeke, that is that is one added thing they can do because it's not like they're rolling out a bunch of bona fide receivers and tight ends out there to take the pressure off them. So anything this Cowboys offense can add to its repertoire needs to be there. But Walter, I do have a Dak stat for you. Mm-hmm. A Dak stat. Love a Dak stat. By the way, I do have a, a stats and TDs uh, open coming for us very shortly. For, oh yeah, uh, yeah for uh, just for any time I have like a stat of the day, just a little stats and TDs, a little stats and titties. Dak Prescott over his last 13 games, 2,400 pass yards, 10 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Brock Osweiler over his <laughs> last 13 games, 2,300 pass yards, 11 pass TDs, 12 interceptions. So Dak's last 13 games statistically are incredibly 
comparable to my Miami Dolphins backup quarterback, Mr. Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's still in the Dolphins is shocking to me. I've seen a lot of stuff tweeted out, a similar uh, statistical comparison with Tim Tebow and his you know entire career stats along with Dax that match that certain games played. I, I get it. Dak's stats aren't good. I never really thought that Dak Prescott would be statistically a phenomenal quarterback. That's not really his game. But he's proven that he doesn't need to put up a ton of stats. I mean, that's not the identity of this football team, right? The identity of the football team is get the lead, run the football, shorten the game, play good defense. The one thing they haven't done, aside from their one win this year against the Giants, is get the lead and start the game well. And what did they do in that game? The third play, they took a shot down the field. It was a big home run. They scored a touchdown on it. Where the hell has that been? I don't think Dak Prescott threw a pass for over 15 yards. And don't tell me Dak can't do it because we've seen Dak do it. So, yes, he's got passing limitations. I understand. The offensive line's not giving him as much time. He doesn't have as talented receivers. Name a receiver he had at Mississippi State that's in the NFL now. There's one. I can't remember his name. It was his go-to guy. There you go. So it's not like even in college, when he was winning a lot of games for the Bulldogs, helped turn that program around. He was doing a lot on the ground, though. He was. Doing a lot on the ground. Where is that now? And that, I think you're right about them stretching the field on only 15 yards at a time is what they're – I mean, he's not throwing the ball deep. That is that is going to handicap your offense, even if you're not taking the chances. Like Even even if they don't capitalize on those Tavon Austin 64-yard touchdowns, at least the threat of it, I think, is somewhat uh, a positive thing for them to have, and you got to incorporate that. You can't play your offense in a 15- to 20-yard box. Uh, because teams are just going to stack the box on you and and end you, especially when you don't have anything that's dominant. Because now what you thought was going to be dominant, your run game, is, can no longer be dominant because your offensive line is not what you thought it was coming into the season. And you can't get down 17 points and then still expect to try and establish a run game. Yeah, now, now it takes you completely you out. out of your game plan, no question. So for the Cowboys, to me... Right after the game, and it's kind of taking a snowball effect now. It's just negative, 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 negative. So I go back and I rewatch every game. Yeah, because you're you, you're a freaking you're a film guy. You're a football guy. Yeah. So you rewatch it, and the game was out there for the Cowboys to win. The defense obviously played well enough. The defense hasn't been a problem. In fact, Byron Jones, I got to give a lot of credit for, because last year I was very critical of Byron. I have been his entire career. I thought as a safety, he was extremely disappointing. This move to corner has been outstanding for him. He's looked really good. That's another indictment on the coaching staff because it took Chris Richard coming here to be like, "No, you guys are schmucks. This guy's a corner," you know. And you're 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 running around with an average Byron Jones at safety when you could have a uh, very dominant number one corner in Byron Jones, and they were they were doing that for how many years now? So that's a that's another just add it to the list of indictments that we have on this coaching staff. Absolutely. So you rewatch the game. You feel good about the defense. The pressure wasn't there like I thought it would be this week. They had a lot of lack of pressure. Yeah, I was curious about that because going into this game, I'm like, Dallas has to win this game because Chicago was just like eight sacks deep in the first half last week. Cowboys did the same thing to the Giants. I'm like, Demarcus Lawrence, these guys are going to go 
ape bleep all over this team. Russell Wilson's not going to have – he's not going to be able to breathe. And yeah. then I guess that just didn't happen. There was a little bit of pressure. Sacks. I mean, Lawrence did have a sack. He, he had his usual one. Uh, they got in there a couple times, roughed him up, and they got called for roughing. I mean, the NFL has a ridiculous issue right now with yeah. these roughing the passers. That was a huge play. The, the Tyron Crawford roughing call was on a third down. The Cowboys get there. It's an incomplete pass. They're getting off the field on defense, and they're about to get great field position. Instead, it's a 15-yard personal foul for roughing the passer, extends the Seahawks' drive. The field position battle, which you would would have then been winning, now is tilted back the other way. It's little things like that. Russell Wilson makes an unbelievable throw to hit Brandon Marshall down the sideline, fits it into a very small window. Cheeto had very good coverage. I just remember Brandon Marshall was even on the Seahawks. And Russell Wilson made an outstanding top-five elite-like quarterback throw to move the chains for Seattle. Little tiny plays like that. Whereas the Cowboys, they're moving the football down the field, then they'll have a second down and they'll lose yardage. Or they'll have a second down and there's a holding or there's an illegal shift. And anytime the Cowboys have a negative play during a drive, it kills it. They're unable to recover. Yeah, because they they, they play three yards at a time. Yes. It's so, so frustrating. And they're not putting the right personnel on the field to be successful. They're inside the red zone. Okay? And they've got Rico Gathers active. And if you're going to run the football, it's one thing. I get it. Fine. You Maybe Swaim's a better blocker than Rico. Sure. There's absolutely no reason, if you're putting more than one tight end on the field and you're in the red zone, to not have Rico Gathers in the game. Mm-hmm. And Troy Aikman was making comments about that on the broadcast. He was 100% right. So I'm, I'm paying attention to this, and I'm watching what do they run? What's the tight end run? So what does Swaim run? A tight end post in the middle of the field. Why the hell can't Rico be in there to run that? He's three inches taller. He's 12 centimeters wide or whatever the hell it is. He's just a big body. He's a guy that the Seahawks are going to have to account for. Instead, well, you get into the red zone, you get a solid drive, but you're not putting maybe your best red zone target on the field. And what happens now? you got to have Maher trot out there to kick a field goal. Maher? It's just befuddling. Then you have an interception. Then you have the Zeke fumble. Then you have the Zeke standing out of bounds. I mean, the Cowboys had opportunities to win this game. It's not like they were completely outplayed by the Seattle Seahawks. In fact, those were two very average football teams out there. The Seahawks and Cowboys are very, very similar in terms of, I think, talent and just where they are. I think they're both probably 8-8 eight and eight teams. Yeah. Just on the outside looking into the playoffs. There are a couple plays here and there, probably from being in or being out. And the Seahawks made the couple plays that won them the football game. Earl Thomas had two great picks. The Cowboys had mistakes. Zeke had some big ones. But I think the, the thing that the Cowboys should really be concerned about, I don't think there's any way to get around this coaching. I think the coaching staff just sucks ass and needs to go. Have they have they put Tavon Austin in the backfield at all? Yes. He ran one jet sweep, and it went for a first down early in that game. Jet sweep. Okay, but have they lined him up actually in the backfield no, at all? I haven't seen that. So they haven't done any sort of Zeke and Tavon tandem in the backfield? No. Okay. That's that to me is problematic, and I, and I don't think Tavon Austin is some you know unbelievable world beater, but he is in terms of speed and big playability on y'all's offense. He's number one or two right behind Zeke, and to to have your two best playmakers um, in the backfield together, I think is huge. The Dolphins do that. We just got Frank Gore. We have Kenyon Drake and Frank Gore. There's things that we can do now. 
to just totally bleep with the defense, man, faking this, doing this, doing that. And there's so many plays that come off of that. So you can throw out of it. You can. I mean, there's just a ton of different things just to add some confusion. And the fact that I'm hearing that Tavon Austin has spent zero time lined up in the backfield, not only by himself, but also with Zeke, that just, again, that just shows the lack of creativity. What about just like general, because your receivers aren't obviously good. We know that. So it's like it's not like you can just put a receiver out there, have him stand there, and get press bump coverage, and you can trust him he's going to beat a guy. Like you got to scheme your receivers open a little bit by putting them in motion, doing some some bunch sets, doing some things that makes it easier for them to get off the line and create boom, get open. You know, are they? Is that no, is that Cowboys, happening? Cowboys have never done that, man. They don't do motion. No, I mean there's a little bit of motion. There's certainly not bunch sets, rub routes. They don't run any of that crap. I love a good rub route. I love a good rub route, rub route too, and they're not running any of that, man. Damn, there, there's a lot of offensive limitations. People want to talk about the lack of creativity. The thing is, you don't even need to be super creative. Like what we're talking about is is literally bringing bringing in a basic college spread and running it. And you've already done it with the with the with the DAC stuff, with the read option stuff. You've already done that. In do the it. Past. So it's like, why would you not do that? And Keep you've had success it. with it. And don't especially tell me. when. I got another stats and TDs for you. Oh, here. lovely, lovely. These are such great stats and TDs. The three worst teams in the NFL when it comes to getting points on their drives. Oh. Number 32 are the Cardinals. Oh, 31 is the Vikings, believe it or not. That's shocking. And 30th is your beloved Dallas Football Cowboys. Yeah. In 33 offensive drives, they have eight scoring drives. That's 24.2% of the time mm. they get points. That's not even touchdowns. That's scoring. That's field goals. That's just points, offensive points in general. It's 33 bad. drives, eight scores. And I don't want to hear the excuse. I, the injury excuse to me, and we talked about it briefly, the injury excuse to me does not matter because Dak Prescott could easily throw the football, have his hand come down on a helmet or something, and break his hand. Let him run. I'm not saying I'm not saying run the football 15 times with him. Yeah, but I like that eight to ten. Yeah, five at least five. At, at least, least five. at least call it so the defense is worried about it. And yes, beat him over the top play action. Yeah, right now you're not establishing the run early enough to even get a play action called. They're all cheating and biting on it, and your receivers aren't getting open. Yeah, and that and that's golly, it's just like there's so many things happening, and it's a concoction of ass, and it. It sucks, man. Yeah, it does suck. It's very sad. It is very depressing. And I can really, I really just hope that they go ahead and come up with something against the Lions. I mean, the Lions now, this game, they're coming in here with, they just beat the Patriots, man. Yeah, Fat Patricia's on top of the world right now. Now, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they're coming in all just hungover after that win against New England. victory hangover, first 100-yard rusher in like 34 years or something ridiculous. There you go. Something crazy. I think it was since Reggie Bush. Yeah, Reggie Bush. uh, Reggie Bush. More like five or six years, but still. (laughs) Thanksgiving. I mean, that is pretty funny, though. You haven't had a 100-yard rusher in like five years or whatever. That's bad. But I do like on Johnson. I mean, the Lions are a decent squad. But no Sean Lee. And I think is this Sean Lee's last uh, year as a Cowboy? I think we could probably well, so imagine. I think I read that they save, I mean, a, a big chunk, like more than more than they saved by cutting Dez by okay, a solid yeah. amount. So, so bye-bye, Sean. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love Sean Lee, and when he's on the field, he's awesome, you got to be available. And Sean and you Lee's guys proven. Drafted, you guys drafted the neck roll. Yeah, the neck roll's playing really well. Lane Vanderesh probably had his best game of the year against Seattle. Is he still wearing that thing? It's a, it's a, yeah, oh, yeah, he's wearing it. Is he? Okay. And he's, he's rocking it, too. 
Oh, looking great. You say so. Looking awesome. So do you feel confident about this game? It's a home game. No. Lions. Confident would not be the word. I do think that they will find a way to get it done. The Lions always play the Cowboys tough. Even when the Lions stunk, they would still play the Cowboys tough. So I think it's going to be a tight game. It'll probably be another ugly game. But the Cowboys are at home, and I'm just going to hope and pray that they just they do something to get the win. They need to force some turnovers. Like the one thing is, as good as the defense has played, they really haven't been forcing any turnovers. Uh, the Cowboys never really. I feel like over the last like three or four years, the Cowboys defense is not a turnover. They're not some turnover. Not a lot. Defense, not a ton. You know, and even though they are, like you said, they are good this year. I guess that's still something that they struggle need to doing. improve on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, need to improve on. So, well, this is Vegas has it as basically a coin flip game. You it guys, is. you guys are uh, minus three just because of the home field home advantage. Field. Yeah, uh, but with the sunlight, man, you never know who's got the advantage. That's a great point. The sunlight staring in there. You'd like to think the Cowboys are used to it. But they don't cowboy play a whole lot curtains, of noon games. Man, get some cowboy curtains, bro. Like I'm trying Gosh, to think of Bryce Butler's gonna get it in his eye again. Oh geez, the fact that they resigned Bryce Butler is disgusting. I'm trying to think of Big play, man. Uh, well, they, the, how many noon guy. games did they even played at home? Last year the Rams game was at noon, and that one started great for a half and then completely turned into disaster. Todd Gurley just put his whole meat on. Really his coming out all party. You guys. Yeah. And ever since then he hasn't been stopped. Yeah. C U M M. That's a great example of what just a fresh, young, bold-minded head coach and offensive coordinator can do for a team. Because everyone's saying Jared Goff's a bust. Here comes Sean McVay, the the new freaking Bill Belichick of the world, next phenom head coach, and he's completely turned that franchise around. They look unstoppable right now. It is something that I was actually thinking to myself the other day, and I wonder how hard – this might just be like ignorance on my part, but like how hard would it be for – Anybody to just copy somebody else's plays? Like as soon as you, as soon as the, as soon as Sean McVay puts something on tape, why can't you just go copy it? Like is having it on film and watching it enough to be like, okay, I know exactly how to translate. Like I know how to tell my team, I know how to install this. Like for my offense, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Why think, would you know? Like why not? Like they say it's a copycat. It league, probably but like, is some of that. But I'm like, okay. If I'm Jason Garrett and everybody's talking about how my offense is nothing and I can't. Why wouldn't I go turn on Andy Reid and the Chiefs and see what kind of craziness he's pulling out? Obviously, they got way better playmakers. Yeah. But the Rams, it's not. I mean, the Rams have Gurley and Zeke. They roughly cancel each other out. You could say Goff's better than than Dak, but whatever. They have the, good the, receivers. Their receivers, they have Cup, Woods, Woods and, Cup. and Cook. Oh, and Cook. I did forget they had Brandon Cook. Cooks. Yeah, they're yeah, all. Cooks, those, Cooks. those are pretty three yeah. solid. Fair enough. Fair options. enough. But they're but they're not like. None of those guys is like a bona fide number one guy. I mean, Cooks maybe. Yeah, but they're all three. But they're definitely damn solid. Good. But I'm telling you, why, I'm just I just think to myself, why why can't a guy like Jason Garrett go turn on Adam Gaze and the Miami Dolphins and, and see a you little gotta want to do it. You gotta you know? want to, right? No, fair enough. And that's probably where the the thing is because I don't think you're wrong, and I think that there are there is some of that. There are. Some you know they they see like, in their I'd studying be stealing team. McVeigh's yeah. and Shanahan's and yeah. Andy Reid's and Adam Gaze. I'd be stealing that every Sunday. I'd be, All right, let's see what they did this week. Let's go ahead and throw that in our game plan now. Yeah, I think that there is some of that in the league. I just but I I really don't believe in Garrett and Linehan to even get out of their own damn way to make an intelligent observation because like they that. don't think there's a problem. Probably right? not. Yeah, Garrett's probably just clapping his hands. It's going to be okay. We just need to play a little bit better. Can we get a 
I don't even want to do it. We'll probably save it for Fuego Rapido on Friday. Yeah, let's save Friday. it. Let's so save I was going to ask you what you, what's your gut telling you? Well, I mean, look, my gut's telling me. Or really, what what's Fat Patricia's gut telling him? I think Fat Patricia's gut's telling him he's going to try the Texas barbecue while he's in town. Oh, God, yeah. Definitely going to get some brisket. No question. Aside from that, I think he's he's coming in fat and happy. I think the Cowboys are going to catch the Lions. They're going to win it 23-20. The Lions sleeping in the den. Okay, so I guess you just overstepped the Fuego Rapido on a Friday. We're going to leave the Cowboys out of football Friday. We're just going to focus on everybody else. because the Cowboys Fuego need... Rapido, though? I figured if, I was Hey, good. look, if you want to throw something in, sure, but I'm not going to bring the Cowboys up. I'm going to try not to. Wow. Okay, so you just this is Cowboys conversation and that's it. This is just Hey, they don't just win some games. Sunday, huh? Win some games and you deserve more than your own segment. I think that's plenty. That's true. That's true. I don't know. They they really haven't earned these Cowboys conversations that we've it, been giving them. But we're giving it to them. Yeah, we are, are the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Zach Wilkes alongside Eric Chiafalo. That's the Cowboys conversation. I feel better as always. We'll be back tomorrow for a football Friday and and you can expect some fuego freaking Rapido. Thank God. Hugs and hand pounds, everybody. Come poised. Please, Dak, get better.